Welcome, everybody, to the Avengers Podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Peyton, and with me is my co-host, me. <laughs> um, I'm writing solo this week because Torin decided to ditch me. He wanted to uh, talk to meet celebrities or whatever. Ooh, Ashley Eckstein. Ooh, Giancarlo Esposito. Ooh, Michael C. Hall or whatever. He, so he ditched me. He's gone. But no, uh, he's going, he's, he's at the, I forgot what it's called. It's like a fan expo or something like that. I don't know what it's called. To be honest, I wouldn't have gone. It would have stressed me the hell out. But <laughs> that's just me. Uh, I got a little bit of a, a shorter episode, likely a little bonus episode, if you will, a half episode. Uh, I'm, I don't even know what I'm going to title this, to be honest. I'll figure that out. But I am going to be talking about fandoms and such. Um, this is a, a pertinent thing. I, th- I think this is pretty much going to be like a, like, Peyton Rants kind of, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I did want to talk about fandoms and it's pertinent because of a couple things that are out right now, namely, uh, the Obi-Wan series and Miss Marvel. I, I'm going to get into it, uh, on a more broad scale, uh, in a second or, or soon. I don't know, but, um, yeah, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'll start with that. Obi-Wan Kenobi's out. I'm going to probably spoil some things, so if you're not you know, about that, then you can dip, I guess. Um, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is out in the fifth episode. We'll probably talk about it next week, but whew, that fifth episode was something else. I loved it. Um, pretty much everything about it. And it's that episode is a core lesson in this beautiful thing called patience. It's a fantastic concept. I don't know if you've heard of it, where you, you know, you essentially wait for things, uh, wait for something that you, let's say you're excited about. So the payoff is greater. So you have these first four episodes come out and, you know, it's, it's, it was a bit different for episode I, three, I think it was. Um, but you have people on the internet, Twitter, TikTok, what have you, complaining about, oh, you know, this, the Obi-Wan series isn't what I want it to be. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, Reva sucks. She's a badly written character or whatever. And this is, I'm not even going to talk about the racism. That's a completely, completely different topic. But, you know, people not liking Reva's character. There's people saying that, uh, that, that they don't like her because she's new. Which is ridiculous. The Star Wars fandom has this obsession with the past and callbacks and stuff like that. And it's really unhealthy for storytelling because it completely blocks anything new from being created like Reva. There's also a bunch of hypocritical arguments talking about how uh, the, the, the Reva as an inquisitor, as an inquisitor, excuse me, is a bad inclusion because we don't know anything about her. Well, before episode five, um, that still wasn't an issue because we've seen inquisitors being added before with no backstory. We saw it in rebels. We saw it in Jedi fallen order and no one had any complaints, mostly probably because the inquisitors were inquisitors were still, uh, relatively new to the Star Wars universe, but now that they're sort of established, it's like people want to see, um, I forgot 
exactly what sister she was, uh, but from, from Fallen Order, uh, they probably would have wanted to, to see anyone from Rebels, but no, they decided to go with a new character because that doesn't box them in to what has happened before, which is ultimately better for storytelling. Now, these first four episodes happen, we don't really get a ton about uh, a ton of information about her character we get some and if you are familiar with the star wars universe at least you think if you were familiar with the star wars universe you could call it and some people have i had uh, an idea of what it was and that was pretty much what happened um but yeah there were some people that were like we know nothing about her and it just didn't make any sense but of course we see in episode five we get that backstory uh surprise surprise uh she was a youngling we had in the second episode i believe people whining about oh how did she know anakin uh vader kills anyone that knows that uh that knows that vader is anakin or new anakin skywalker or whatever the case may be and we get the explanation, the perfect explanation. She was a youngling. She survived Order 66. She joined the Empire. She didn't say shit about it. That makes perfect sense. Why that, like that, the fact that people saw that in episode two and just thought, oh, that, this is stupid. This is bad. Just because there's information that you don't know. There's intrigue in TV shows and movies. Uh, people nowadays and fan bases and just viewers have this tendency to want information immediately. And one can make the argument that's, you know, a societal thing because, you know, we have all this information at our team, uh, at our fingertips with computers and phones, etc. I don't necessarily that's exactly the case. I think the culprit because this is within the entertainment industry and this is within, you know, uh, media like movies and TV. I think it's Netflix that's the issue. The Netflix binge model. Netflix was the number one streaming service. It's still the number one streaming service as far as numbers go, but like for years and years and years, it dominated without any competition. Netflix was the only choice as far as streaming uh streaming options. Now of course there's a million HBO Max, you know, Hulu, Disney Plus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh but yeah, Hulu dominated and their way of distributing content was dropping all episodes of a series at once. So if there is intrigue, if there is mystery, if there is mystery uh you know, missing pieces in a plot, you could just Go right on to the next episode. You didn't have to wait a week for, uh, for whatever plot twist to be wrapped up, whatever. You could just go to the next episode. And I think because of that model in us and, and people getting used to it after years and years and years and years and years, it's tainted people's experience or it's, or it's tainted people's uh, perception of how to watch television and how television should be made because now, like we have, we want is this example. People just assuming that oh, they must have just forgot to give her a backstory. No, we just haven't seen it yet because it's not pertinent to the story until now because it doesn't have an impact until now. Also, as far as the whole Anakin or Darth Vader kills whoever knows that he is Anakin, he knew the entire time. <laughs> so it remedies it. So it's not like people can't come back and say, oh, well, Vader's stupid. He would have known, et cetera, et cetera. No, he was just using her. We know that now. And, you know, I know uh, that Torn and I are um, really deep into this kind of stuff. 
and we know a lot of things in how certain processes work towards in film school. So we know certain things, but there's a lot of people and I forgot what show we saw it in, uh, that didn't, it didn't really make any sense, but, uh, there's people that are like, Oh, they saw the backlash. So they went and filmed all this extra stuff <laughs> to then go and put it in the series to make fans happy. No, that's not how this works. This was all planned out from the beginning. You just have zero patience. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So as far as, um, Miss Marvel goes, cause I'd also wanted to talk about that. It's a bit of a different issue. The Marvel fandom is, um, well, how do I, how do I put this? They're scarily turning, they're getting dangerously close to turning into the Star Wars fandom, which is not ideal. It's honestly kind of scary. I've been, you know, deep into these things for years and years. The Star Wars fandom has always been questionable, but Marvel has always been, you know, pretty welcoming and cool. Uh, and recently, especially within the past couple years, mostly after Endgame, it's just turned sour. Not as sour as Star Wars, mind you. Star Wars is still worse, but it, Mar- the Marvel fan base is getting there. And, uh, as far as its relation to Miss Marvel, the Miss Marvel series, when it was announced, it was like, okay, Miss Marvel's coming, whatever. And as more stuff started to come out about the series, and uh, there was the news that it was going to be rated PG, and then the trailer came out. Now, admittedly, uh, the trailer didn't really do anything for me. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it looked fine, I guess, but it was clearly geared and it was clearly uh, marketed towards a younger audience, which is fine, because that's essentially what the show is. But you have people, because of that, that are not giving the show a chance. And I gave the show a chance. I mean, I was going to watch it regardless because it's the MCU, but I was expecting when I went into it, I was, I was expecting, oh, you know, this is going to be okay. You know, it's for kids or whatever. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be like, okay, if you're a kid, I can understand why you could enjoy something like this. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I can't uh, necessarily relate to some of this stuff, but you know, it might be a bit of fun. It so far, <laughs> um, if it keeps going in the tra- trajectory that it's going, it could easily be top three Disney plus MCU shows. It's so good, but people are refusing to give it a chance because they just see the trailer or whatever and they think, Oh, this is for kids. I'm out. A similar thing, uh, goes to the what if series. It's animated. Uh, same thing goes with Into the Spider Verse. It's animated. So many people, and this isn't really the Marvel fan base. This is just audiences being stupid <laughs> they see animation or they see something like a miss marvel and they think oh that's for kids i'm not even going to give it a shot you know what i mean it's such a weird weird mindset to have especially for spider-verse which is a damn masterpiece you know what i mean so i don't it's it's weird to me how the marvel fan base or it's it's really marvel a vocal minority but still uh, aside from that Miss Marvel, and I might talk about this next week with Torrin, it's getting review bombed, mostly on IMDb, but it is also getting review bombed on stuff, on platforms like Rotten Tomatoes as well. Really, really sad to see. Um, it, there's, as much as people like to deny it, you can't really deny these, the facts and the patterns that are showing up because, um, you have these patterns of anytime something gets review bombed, 
generally speaking. Now, it's not the case all the time, admittedly, but the the fact that that trend is there is scary. The Most of the time, the stuff that gets review bombed are uh, movies or shows with female leads. And Miss Marvel's no different. There's also uh, a race um, aspect. There's also people... Um, I forgot the country, but there's some people from another country that are mad about some political thing, and so they'd go and review bomb the show. It's really unfortunate stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 it trends towards women leads uh, and stuff like this. Um, there was also you know the review bombing for uh, the Last Jedi that was a bit different, still unwarranted, uh, like review bombing in general, but you know, there was still definitely some of that sexism because Ray's there and people don't like Ray as a character. So much. I mean, I liked Ray until episode nine, but um, I think the hate for her was unwarranted in seven and eight. Um, but the whole uh, ordeal with uh, Miss Marvel and review bombing, it's just, it's just sad to be honest. It's just sad and yeah and along with that like with the uh, just to keep going with the marvel fan base uh just to bring some positivity into it one of the fan bases that's actually gotten more positive uh recently and for uh it's 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 not perfect still there's still some there's still toxicity but man was it bad just a year and a half ago you know what i mean um and, and that's the spider-man fan base uh spider the spider-man fan base was extremely similar to the star wars fan base as, star, as far as toxicity goes fuck it was toxic it was, if anyone's heard the saying there no one hates star wars more than star wars fans the same thing went for spider-man no one hated spider-man more than spider-man fans now how did things get better I believe it was, and it's, I'm pretty, I'm like 99% sure it is, and I'm very happy about it. And it's the one thing that I was hoping for as far as an outcome to it was, uh, No Way Home. No Way Home unifying the three live action Spider-Man helped mend that community, essentially. And even though there's still debates and there's still like, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is bad or Tom Holland or Toby, whatever the case may be, the, because of No Way Home, a lot of fans can, sit back and say, you know what, <laughs> all three of them, they have their pros and they have their cons, but they're all great in their respective universe or, or whatever, you know? But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars uh, just for a second, because outside of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, it's still, you know, it hasn't been uh, the greatest. There's things that, you know, fans are... Most fans are generally generally excited about, you know, there's uh, there's uh, the sort of Clone Wars anthology series, Tales of the Jedi, that most people seem to be excited for. But the whole thing with uh, the sequels or the prequels and the original trilogy, blah, 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 is so, it's so tiresome because it's it, it follows a cycle. The original trilogy came out and blew everyone away, right? Uh Especially, and, you know, Return of the Jedi, people sort of softened on that for, you know, there was the whole thing with the Ewoks and whatever. Obviously, time has been kind to that. People don't really care anymore. But the prequels came out uh, however many so years later, 30 years later, whatever, and people despise them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just growing, like when I was a kid, just people, I mean, uh, 
people my age, you know, generally like those movies, especially Revenge of the Sith. I still love Revenge of the Sith. But, you know, the first two movies, people still made fun of. People still made fun of Jar Jar Binks, at least in in my generation, in my age groups. People still made fun of Jar Jar Binks. People still made fun of Attack of the Clones in Episode 1. In my group, in my age group, people only really like Revenge of the Sith, which is fair. It's a great movie. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're... Um, as far as the adults and people that actually had a voice, I mean, they were just getting panned completely. And now that these kids, um, kids like me, and now that we're older and adults and kids even younger than me that have also grown up with those movies are now essentially the loudest voice of the Star Wars fan base. And what's disheartening is because uh, everyone in my age group was was a prequel fan and everything that we essentially liked in Star Wars was got shit on because all the adults that you know had that voice hated it and that's all the that's that's that was the that was essentially the consensus uh, was that you know the, everyone hates the prequels so the prequel fan base people my age and and younger were really cool and welcoming and it was awesome because, you know, we had the prequels. Uh, we had the Clone Wars TV series that again, because of not only animation, but because it was during the Clone Wars, a lot of people didn't give a chance until a lot later on, which is unfortunate. Um, we, we had our section of Star Wars and they had theirs and we were essentially like the cool Star Wars fans because, you know, the, the older Star Wars fans were very negative. And then the sequels came out. Personally, besides episode nine, I really like seven and eight. I really, really do. I think they're, uh, they're some of the best pieces of Star Wars we've gotten. As much as an unpopular opinion, opinion as that is, it's my opinion. Um, but a lot of my generation and even the older generation absolutely despise the sequels. And, you know, there's some complaints that I get and there's some that I think are absolutely ridiculous. I've, I've talked about that, especially with episode eight, but you know, there's some complaints like, oh, like <laughs> it looks bad. And like, like I've, I saw, I've, I've seen several people say that the acting is bad in the sequels compared to the prequels, which is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but you know, now there's all this hate towards the sequels and it's really, 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 really both sad, but mostly funny to be honest, watching this fan base, um, specifically the prequel fan base go from this warm welcoming fan base like yeah everyone hated this thing and but we're cool you can come join us whatever to part of the problem of just absolutely shitting on the sequels and it's fine to not like the sequels but just to just give it unwarranted hate is just disgusting to me um i don't like uh, Rise of Skywalker, but I'm also not going on forums and Twitter replying to people saying that if you like this, your opinion is shit and you're, you're, or you're not a real Star Wars fan, which, let, okay, let, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, when I saw The Last Jedi opening night 2017, I came out of the theater. I was ecstatic. I was like, holy shit. 
this is the best Star Wars movie since Empire, an opinion that I still stand by. And uh, I make the mistake of going on Twitter and I see, I see, you know, some love for the movie, but it's mostly vitriol. And the biggest or the, the, the biggest statement I saw was, if you like this movie or if you think this is okay in The Last Jedi or you think XYZ, then you're not a real Star Wars fan. And I take major, major issue with that bullshit statement. Um, and this goes for all fandoms, really, not just the Star Wars fandom, but the Star Wars fandom especially. Um, if you watch these movies or watch these shows and enjoy them, you are a Star Wars fan. If you watch these movies, watch these shows, and like them, you watch a different movie or a different show and you didn't like it, you are a Star Wars fan. If you like something that a majority of people dislike, you are a Star Wars fan. To say someone's not a real Star Wars fan because they like something that you don't is just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, just to put it lightly. You know what I mean? But yeah, so I'm, I'm like going on Twitter and people are like, oh, you're not a real Star Wars fan. If, if, if you liked Canto Biter, you don't, you're not a real Star Wars fan. If, if you think Luke should be portrayed this way. And I believed all those things that people were saying, not the fact that I'm not a real Star Wars fan, but like the fact that I do believe Luke should be portrayed that way. And that doesn't make me any less of a Star Wars fan. I just have a different take on that character than you do, which is fine. Now, of course, that goes both ways. If you like something and someone, or if you, uh, yeah, if you like something and someone doesn't like something, that also doesn't make them a fake fan either. You know what I mean? There's, there's, you know, there's, there's bad people on both sides, but if we're being honest, it's mostly, it's mostly the people <laughs> hating on this stuff because that's, those are the people that are spreading this toxicity but yeah the um as yeah as far as calling someone a fake fan just weird <laughs> to be honest just just weird now luckily that's not a massive issue on the marvel side of things um but a thing that marvel a, a thing that the fan the marvel fandom does do that i do take issue with is the oh actually it's both <laughs> now that I think about it actually it's it's heavily both it's that's arguably the thing that Marvel the Marvel fan base does that's about equal to the Star Wars fan base and that is headcanon my god <laughs> people and their headcanon basically if you don't know what headcanon is it's basically you know seeing a trailer or maybe getting some information on a movie before it's out and making an assumption of what it'll be before you go and see it. And basically, the issue with that is there's a, a gross amount of people that have this headcanon and they go into the movie. And if it's not exactly as they were expecting, not exactly as they were anticipating, then it's bad. Which, of course, is, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> um because all people have are the wildest expectations to, to, to talk about Star Wars in that respect. Again, Obi-Wan, uh, people 
assumed that Obi-Wan would just, or just based off how people talk about it, just, it, 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 I think maybe they expected a six hour show of Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader. That's never what it was going to be. Even if you look at the trailer, it, it, it looks like a show about an, a, rec, a reclusive Obi-Wan exiling himself after his failure in Revenge of the Sith. And that's essentially what the show is, if not more, because I was not expecting a whole freaking adventure with little Leia. I was, <laughs> I think, I think little Leia was talked about early on, but I was not expecting her to be like a main character. You know what I mean? Uh, if anything, I was expect- expecting it to be focused on Luke, especially with that trailer. Uh, anyway, the people expecting you know, something it wasn't advertised essentially is ridiculous. The same thing happens with uh, Marvel. The same thing happens with DC. I haven't really talked about DC that much because as far as DC goes, it's kind of chill-ish. Not yes, kind of yes and no. Um, the worst part about the DC fandom is... Everyone say it with me. It's the Zack Snyder, <laughs> Snyderverse uh, fan base. Now, they do some okay things. They've raised some, they've raised uh, quite a bit of money for uh, charity. But, I mean, outside of that, what else have they done other than spread toxicity? I mean, I, I, I remember, I vividly remember a time where, I don't remember who it was, unfortunately, but I remember someone... Uh, if it was like, maybe it was a, a comic writer or an artist, maybe it was a, a, a director, someone, someone related to DC or Warner Brothers died and all the comments were release the Snyder cut or, or, or restore the Snyderverse, et cetera, et cetera. Just disgusting behaviors. Just, they're all super toxic. They just don't, um, give anything a chance that isn't Snyder related. I remember, uh, Talking about re- review bombing, I remember Birds of Prey getting review bombed by the the Snyder fan base. It's 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 weird. It's gross. Oh, you know what? I forgot a point that I was going to make earlier about um, the review bombing of of and that pattern of it being female uh, characters most of the time. I say that, and I know that there will be or there would be people who would try to rebuttal that and say, "Oh, well." Wonder Woman did good and we like, you know, we like characters like, uh, Black Widow or, or Harley Quinn, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And the through line, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna leave you to guess just for a few seconds. I'm gonna leave you to guess what, what you think the through line is of, of the female characters that are liked and beloved versus the characters uh, the female characters that are generally looked at poorly. Do you get it? You got it? It's sexualization. <laughs> that's, I, I think that's the answer. I'm pretty sure it's sexualization because you, you have someone like Wonder Woman and I mean, I guess she's, as far as some of the sexualized female superheroes goes, she, she's probably, on the lower end, but she still got like the, the, you know, the, the, the like top with that, you know, kind of shows cleavage. She has the really short skirt. She's on an island full of women. You also got characters like Harley Quinn. Do I need to explain? You also have characters like Catwoman. Do I need to explain? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
uh, Black Widow. Did I say that already? Do I need to explain? Versus characters like Captain Marvel. Now, people have issues with Captain Marvel because they don't think she's charismatic or whatever, and that's fine. Um, but there's people that just shit on her for really no reason. And who is Captain Marvel? She's, she's sort of this, uh, you know, she's really strong. She's not necessarily feminine. Uh, her suit isn't tight. It's kind of baggy even. You know what I mean? Um, it's not the sexiest suit in the world. Even Black Widow in the movie Black Widow, it's probably the least sexualized she's ever been except maybe, uh, Infinity War. And that got looked down upon, which I still think is ridiculous. It's a good movie, but that's just me, I guess. But the, I think I truly believe that the through line for a lot of these uh, characters is, and why they're received poorly is the lack of sexualization. So, yeah, I've been talking for like almost half an hour straight. <laughs> so I think I'm going to leave it here. Uh, we'll probably be back next week. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. If you agree, let me, let me know your thoughts. You know, you can reach us at, uh, Avenge Nerds on Twitter. That's A-V-E-N-G-E Nerds, all one word. Also, I think I'm back on Twitter. I mostly left because I, because uh, it was looking like Elon Musk was going to buy the damn platform and I did not want to be in that fucking environment. Um, but it looks like that might not be the case. So for the time being, unless that does go through, hopefully it doesn't, but if that does go, but if it doesn't go through, I will be on Twitter at, uh, it's Zenith underscore. All those will be linked in the show notes or the description. You can check out our link tree for any additional links you may be interested in. Um, and of course you can review the show in app on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I believe. So, yeah, thanks for listening to me rant for half an hour straight. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week and we'll be able to talk about some news or some some half exciting but also half really disturbing Ezra Miller news. We'll, we'll talk about it eventually. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed this little rant. If you did, you know, let me know. And um, yeah, later.